0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fluid Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jacob, back once again with Avi. And today, we're very excited for this uh, Dutch special episode. We are going to be interviewing Job Derksen, who plays at FC Twente in the Eredivisie. Uh, before we, we show you guys that clip, Avi, can you talk to me a bit about FC20? Yeah,
1: so uh, FC20 competes in the Eredivisie. Like you said, that's the um, first division of uh, Netherlands football. Um, so, you know, the, you have you have clubs in, in the Eredivisie like, um, you know, Ajax and PSV, um, you know, other, you know, just big clubs um, that have a lot of history and, you uh, you know these are these are teams that can play in the champions league so this is you know one of europe's um you know biggest leagues um you know and the eredivisie is is big for you know young players i would say um and you have a lot of american players well not a lot but you you have Sergio Dest at ajax coming through and there there's some you know big talents um you know, in the area of say, But you know, FC Twente specifically, um, they they're, they're an interesting club. Um, you know, they, they've been in the Champions League in, in the past, but you know, recently they've had some, you know, financial um difficulties. Uh they relegated in, in 2017, 2018, and then they spent the second uh that, that next season in the second division, but then they won uh promotion. So this season they're back in the um first division and uh that's that's where we pick up with um Mr Mr. Yob.
0: Yeah, so uh let's jump right into the interview. Uh here's the here's the clip.
1: Hey, what's up everyone? Today we have a special guest joining us. His name is yoob Derksen. He is a player for FC twenty, uh, U-21. Uh little little backstory here. Uh he's a friend of, of my friend Alec Thornburg, so shout out to Alec Thornburg for uh setting this up. Um, he uh, grew up in the Netherlands, and he also played college soccer in, in the U.S. at uh, Olivet Nazarene. Uh, Job, how are you doing today?
2: Thanks for having me on the show, uh, guys. Um, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, uh, like you said, I played uh, with Alec Thornburg, with Thorny at, uh, at ONU Tigers, and um, I played there for one season. Um, and right now I'm playing at um, FC20. That's correct. Awesome. So,
0: you know, you're from the Netherlands. Could, could you tell us yeah. a bit about your childhood back home, where you grew up? Were you always playing growing up? What was, what was that like?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I, uh, I started soccer um, at the age of five. Um, you know, in the Netherlands, you don't have like school soccer or anything. So you just go to a, to a local club. And um, that's pretty much what I did. Um, I grew up in, uh, in the town uh, Hengelo it's it's like a like a village and it's close to Enschede and Enschede is where SC20 is located so um SC20 is really close to um to where I'm from um, it was all, always like i was always a fan you know a supporter of the club you know i had my uh, season tickets and stuff so um to be able to play uh, for the club now that's uh, that's awesome it's fantastic and, uh, yeah
1: where did you like start playing soccer or football did you did you play at uh, FC 20 or uh, no, no, I
2: I didn't play uh, for them uh, when I was a child. Uh I just played for a for a local club for I think till till I was 20 years old and from uh from there from the senior team from my uh from the local club um I transferred to a um semi-professional club in the netherlands on the third third uh third level of the netherlands and from there i um i transferred to onu and from onu to to sc20
0: awesome uh, and so so how did you end up at onu in the united states playing college uh, playing soccer at a college in the united states you know how, how was that always a goal of yours or was that just kind of an opportunity that came up
2: yeah, it was like an opportunity that came up. Um, a lot of European and also Netherlands uh, guys from the Netherlands. It's it's really popular to um, to go to the to the United States to play college to, to, a, to play a college sport, and you have a lot of like um, businesses who are um, how do you say that uh, who are um, helping you with um, getting in touch, you know, with a college. So like a recruitment uh, company, and they, um, they sent me a message like, um, how would you like to, to play in the United States? And I always like, liked the United States. I was really, uh, yeah, really, um, really excited to, to go to the United States. And because I was a little bit older, when I, uh, when I was um, recruited for uh, college, I only could play for the NAIA league. So um, that's why I ended up with, uh, with ONU.
1: And, um, you know, what was your experience like in America? And, and what are your impressions overall of just, like, American soccer and college soccer?
2: Uh, well, it's, it's a big difference comparing to, um, like, Dutch football or Dutch, uh, of European soccer. Um, I mean, I think the, um, the American, the, the college soccer, it's, it's a lot more physique. You know, um, in Europe, you're more trying to play the, you know, the Barcelona style, the, the tiki-taka, you know, more possession play,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, it's it's a lot more optimistic in the United States. You know, you play on physique, and um, so I think that's the big difference. What I really adore about uh, American athletes is that all the teammates of mine, they were like top fit, they're all all are really athletes and you know they they know their place in the team so they're always trying to help the team even even if they don't play and what you see with football players in the netherlands uh if they got benched they they are you know being a little bit difficult big bit awkward uh because they care more for themselves than uh, for the team so that's a thing that um i really adore about american athletes um who i played with
1: and and how was it um you know going to class and, and managing that along with um uh, you know playing playing on the soccer team
2: uh well we got good guidance with um you know with our coach and with our professors so it was good to manage uh i have to be honest i didn't took uh took a lot of credits so um <laughs> I didn't have a lot of class. Um, To be honest, I was there for to play soccer, not to go to college for four years. So, um, yeah. Yeah,
0: no. And and obviously, it seems to have worked out for you, Uh, you know, in the way that you've moved on to the next level. I'm sure that, you know, what most Division One college athletes in general don't necessarily make it to the professional level or, or wherever they want to end up. So uh, you know, it's amazing that that you have made it this far so far. Uh, and ha- so, so how how did you go from then college soccer to you know FC Twente? Uh, how how did that work?
2: Yeah. Well, there was a was an article in the um, in the newspaper uh, where I'm from uh, in my region. So also like uh, scouts and uh, technical and the technical director of FC twenty, they read the article. And, um, there's a, there's a, club nearby, I think it's in Ohio, uh, Cincinnati. They had a Dutch coach and a Dutch technical director. Uh, so I had contact with Cincinnati first and that piece was also in the article. Uh, well, Cincinnati didn't work out, but, um, you know, as a 20, they, they picked it up the story and, um, they said, you know, we, you know what, um, just come here for like a week and have sort of a trial. and. Um, you know we 'll we'll see what happens, so uh yeah, I came to twenty uh, It was always my dream so and I think after three or four days i uh I signed a contract so uh
0: that 's amazing that 's incredible
2: so yeah, thanks to uh to an article in the newspaper <laughs> yeah
0: so so with with the trial uh you know you said you went back to the Netherlands, went to the trial. I'm I'm personally not overly familiar with how that process works. Is that something where, you know, you're just training with the first team and, and they're observing you? Or are there several potential players uh, like yourself that are all competing for a single spot?
2: No, it was just me practicing with the team for, for a week and uh, they were like observing me. I was the only one um, who was getting a trial at that moment. so. Uh, yeah, it was not like an open trial or anything. It was just um, just play with the with the first team and uh, see what happens.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, it, I saw that you're currently playing for the uh, U21s. Um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong there, but um, you know how how is that going? And you know what is the experience like playing for um, you know like the youth side?
2: Uh, well, I um, I I am part of the the first team. But um, we don't have like the the second team. Um, okay. It's like U twenty one, but you can also play there if you're a bit older. So you have like um, five six players from the first team who, if they don't play on the weekend with the first team, they're playing in the under twenty one. So um, I practiced with the first team and then um, I played a few games with the uh, U twenty one. And I mean the level is 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 a lot higher than. Uh, at college soccer, and, like and the, um,
1: yeah, okay. um, you know, I talked to Alec, and he said that you were about to make your your first team debut before the the coronavirus pandemic. Um, uh, can you can you talk about that a little bit? And and yeah,
2: true. I I made my debut in a in a friendly game against the national team of Australia. Um, they had like a training camp uh, in the Netherlands, so we played against them in a in a friendly game. But uh, yeah, I was um, getting close to the starting 11, and we had some injuries, some suspensions. So um, I was a little bit closer, but then uh, the coronavirus, they uh, came up. And um, yeah, that, uh, that kind of sucks.
0: And, the, and then they, they canceled the season f- canceled uh, pretty the season. early.
2: Mm-hmm, pretty early. Like all the countries around us, like Spain, France, they didn't even fully cancel it, but mm-hmm. it was on hold. And, um, yeah, the, 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 ARVG, the, the Dutch league, they, uh, they canceled it immediately. So I think it's kind of strange, but, um, it is what it is.
1: And, um, I think I saw FC 20 or FC 20, um, you know, they just got promoted to the, the first division. Um, and, and I guess that it's kind of nice that, you know, they they get to stay up this season. Um, but you know, they, were you, were you contacted, um, you know when they were in the second division or was it when they were in the first division
2: no uh when they had, at the first division i mean fc 20 is always like uh the, one of the top 5 clubs in the netherlands um but they got into a lot of financial problems a while ago so they got a completely new team and um they relegated to uh, to the second division but in one year they um they promoted to uh, to the Eredivisie again so yeah, but um, no, they contacted me when um when they were in the Eredivisie.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, so, so, so you know, back to the the coronavirus point. Are I'm curious, are the players disappointed? To you know, we see all these other leagues in Europe playing now. You know, behind closed doors, no fans, but they're still finishing the seasons. Are are your teammates disappointed? What's the general feeling?
2: Everybody's really disappointed because we got a, we got a guys from all over Europe mostly Europe and uh they're home now you know for a little uh, summer break but you know in their um, home country they are playing the season you know it's just mm-hmm. in the Netherlands and I think French also uh are not playing you know so um yeah everybody was really pissed about it but um mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do about it. So uh, let's focus on, uh, on the next season.
0: That's a, a great attitude. And, and so what are, what are you doing uh, right now to stay fit? Because, you know, there are restrictions on, on certain things. What are you doing to, to prepare for next season?
2: Um, well, we do have the, the summer break. Um, you don't have to come to practice anymore. But um, we have like five, six, seven guys every day. Uh, We're training at the training center um you can do a fully practice you can have full contact you have to keep it um one and a half meters distance mm-hmm. but um you know at least we can do something you know we can um go out on the field every day and go to the gym every day so yeah that's basically how we uh how we stay fit
1: and um you know how is the you know coronavirus pandemic uh in netherlands i, I haven't heard too much about about the country you know how they're doing
2: um, I think the government handled it really well. Um, they We got, like, an intellectual lockdown. That's what they called it. Um, you know, rules like you have to keep the diff- distance, one and a half meters. Um, all the bars, all the restaurants, they're all closed. So, um, yeah, we got it really early. So I, And I think the last three weeks, there were no containments of the coronavirus, you know. So, um, yeah. I'm not saying that it's uh, settled right now, but um, it's going uh, going well right now.
0: That's good to hear. I think, you know, in the United States, we're, we're slowly transitioning. I think, uh, you know, more people are going out than maybe should be going out. So <laughs> we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. But, you know, it'll all be interesting and, and yeah, moving forward. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. We want, to, uh, we want to get to know you a bit more and, and, a, and a bit more about, you know, your, your experiences in, in, in football. So first off, you mentioned earlier, you know, you're from, you know, your hometown is very close to where FC Twente trains and plays. Is Twente your, your favorite club?
2: Um, in the Netherlands, yeah, for sure. It's mm-hmm. my uh, favorite club. And it's, for now, it's, it's perfect. I mean, I go on, uh, on to the training every day with my scooter. I have a little scooter. It's like like a 10-minute ride to the, to the training center. So, yeah, it's perfect.
0: And do you have a, a favorite club outside of the Netherlands?
2: Yeah, that's the, the same club uh, my friend Alec Thornburg is a huge fan of. It's Liverpool, of course. Oh. Uh, Liverpool has two, two guys, uh, a, a Dutch assistant coach. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, my favorite club.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have Virgil van Dijk, obviously another, another Dutch centre-back who, yeah. you know, not, not a bad role model and not a bad uh, representative of the Netherlands. Mm. I, I am an Arsenal fan, so, really? I don't, you know, my, one, of, one of my best friends is a big Liverpool fan and, you know, we, yeah. we get into a lot of arguments and so I'm not thrilled to hear that,
2: but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay, well...
1: Um, yeah, so kind of going off that, um, you know, what players, you know, in the professional game, do you, um, you know, kind of model your game after and, um, you know, what players have inspired you in the past?
2: Well, my absolutely favorite is Sergio Ramos because for me, he has like the, the killer instinct. Um, he doesn't care who he play against, you know, it's, it's his rifle, his, his brother or his mother. He doesn't care. You know, he just want to take down his opponent. And, um, that's all that matters. Like he is a true winner. And, um, I'm not saying at I'm at his level. I'm not, but, um, (laughs) kind of same player, you know, like, um, so yeah, he's, he's my role model for sure.
1: And, um, you know, being at a, a professional club, you know, that's as big as FC 20, you know, you get to go up against, you know, uh, Ajax or, you know, PSV or some of the, you know, the bigger clubs, um, you know, who are the, some of the best players that you've played against personally?
2: Uh, well, to play against, um, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, we play against second team, uh, second team. So sometimes if we're lucky, you know, lucky, if you play with the with the second team, you play against, you know, clubs who are example. We played against Vitesse, uh, and uh, they had a striker. He's called Tim Mataves, and he was uh, coming back from an injury, so he played with the second team. Um, and he's a guy he played in uh, in La Liga in the first uh, competition in Spain. He played in the Premier League. So uh, yeah, it's really cool to uh, to play against you know players like that. But to mention one player. Um, uh, that's hard for me to, uh, to tell.
0: Hmm. What, what about players, you know, you, you have players you've played with or who? Here's a question, actually. Well, and your answer might be Sergio Ramos. Who is one player that you would love to play with by the end of your career? Maybe, Yeah, love to play with by the end of your career.
1: Um,
2: well, that's funny. I, I would love to play with a player like uh, Sergio Aguero from Manchester City mm-hmm. because like um, what I always try to do as a center back is uh, play the the striker, the guy in, in the middle up front. And he's the type of player who always, you know, tucks in at the right moment. So you can always play him. So mm-hmm. that's like the thing I'm always looking for to, to play the, the highest guy on the field. And I think playing with a player like that would make it all so easy.
0: mm mm-hmm you You'd definitely be able to record a few assists yourself as well if you've aware exactly, on your team exactly
1: yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about defending, he just keeps scoring <laughs> yeah exactly
2: yeah
0: uh. uh so uh you know was the growing up and and as you 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 played before before college and then into college was there ever a moment that you personally realized that you really had a chance of playing professionally or was it really just you kept working and working and, and the opportunities came with that was, was there was there ever a, you know a moment in particular
2: um yeah there was there was for me when i was 20 years old um when i moved to uh, my second club in the third level of the netherlands i was like okay i'm 20 years old now um, I'm playing at third league of the Netherlands. If I want to make a pro, I have to do it in one or two years. And, um, you know, after that, there were no, uh, fully professional clubs, um, who were offering anything from me. Um, so then I made the choice to go to America. Um, to be honest, I didn't expect to reach, uh, a, a pro when I was going to America, but the dream always was there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I never gave up my dream but um and I still uh would never do that but um I didn't expect it to uh to end up at FC 20 when I was going to uh to the United States now.
1: Mm-hmm. And so going back to the FC 20, um you know, I was just looking over the roster and you know, it seems like there's a lot of talented players on there, you know, guys who played at Barcelona like you know, Oriol Busquets or Javier yeah, Espinosa. Uh, there's even, you know, I'm a Newcastle fan. There's a guy named, uh, I forget how to say his name, Harris Vukic or something like that. He's played Newcastle. And, you know, what is it like playing with these kinds of players in training? And, you know, who who would you say is the most talented on the team?
2: Uh, well, you have the Oriol Busquets. Sometimes you get busy from the guy because he's turning all the way, all the time. That's, um, that's crazy. But, um, yeah. And and you know you have Harris Fuskic. He's always moving. He's very strong. I think the guy is uh, two meters. So um, yeah, but like the best, I, w- I would maybe say um, Busquets. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, how, what is that experience? You know, uh, having someone who's on loan from a team. You know, like because obviously he's not there permanently. But you know, mm-hmm. can you talk about that experience?
2: Well. Um, yeah it's different well for example um the week before he came to us at 20 he was training with messi with um with guy you know all, all the players from barcelona and then he was training with me so that's the use <laughs> so yeah it's kind of funny um but yeah it's different it's different because um i'm from the region and with me there are like five six players who are from the region 20, 20 is also a region um and guys from Spain, uh, France, uh, you call it, you name it, but, um, it's different. They don't have like the real connection um, with the club. Of course, they're doing their best, uh, but still it's it's different.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, following up on that question, um, you know, sometimes when players go on loan, you know, there there's a clause saying that the team can make a permanent purchase of the player. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's not the case. Sometimes a player is simply going to be at the club for six months or twelve months. So I'm not sure how much you've experienced this, but is is it difficult or, or different when you when you form relationships with the players that are only going to be there for six months? Is it, you know, is it more challenging? Or
2: yeah, well, mostly the the guys on loan, you know, who are there for six months or maybe one season. Um, they're not gonna be, you know, your friends friends. Not like the guys who are, you know, are planning on staying there for years. But I mean you're all professionals, so you know, you work with with each other and um I mean everything I can get along with everything everybody on the team, but yeah, it's it's a little bit different when somebody's there for you know a smart certain of time. So it's not the same as, uh, as guys with, you know, with two or three-year contract.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe one or two more questions. Uh, so what, what, what's your goal? Is your goal to ultimately, you know, become uh, a regular starter and, and, and member of, of the first team squad of the starting eleven? Is it to earn a transfer to another club? Is it completely still undecided? what 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 are your goals moving forward
2: um yeah it's hard because um right now i am negotiating a, a new contract and i'm also talking to uh, a few other clubs so um it's hard to say i mean in my heart I'll, i really want to stay at fc 20 and um you know be a starter in uh next season but um yeah i hope so i i just really want to want to play next year and um yeah i have to see like um is it is it a good thing to stay you know do i have Mm -hmm. a a lot of chance to become a starter or Mm -hmm. you know or maybe for my career i need to go uh, somewhere else so it's kind of undecided right now
1: Mm -hmm. yeah all right um i think that's that's all the questions we we have for you today yob and um you know, thank you so much for joining us today, and um, you know, good luck uh, with the rest of your. Se- well, I guess your season's over. Sorry, um, but, you know, good luck <laughs> with um, you know staying fit, and uh, yeah, thank you for joining us.
2: Okay. thank you guys
0: for uh, for having me. Yeah, we'll we'll follow up after this, and and wherever you end up next season, we'll 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 get a we'll get a jersey with your name on it.
2: I'll oh, okay. <laughs> be sure we do that. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Sure thing. Okay.
0: That was really awesome. Thank you so much again, Yob. Let's, uh, let's take a couple minutes now, Avi, and, and catch up on what's going on in the football world. We, we have a, a lot of football going on all of a sudden, a lot of leagues resuming. Uh, but before we talk about all of those, the Bundesliga uh, has, has, has been going on for, for a bit now. Bayern Munich clinched the title for the eighth consecutive season uh, the other day. What do you, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it was not unexpected. Uh, You know, they kind of ran away with it after the restart. Um, You know, I think the, the conditions, um, you know, that took away the the home field advantage that really just, uh, you know, kind of paved the way for Byron to, uh, you know, clinch his title. Um, But, you know, it, it is, you know, still incredibly impressive to win eight titles in a row. And, I don't think that's anything you can minimize. Also, I think it just shows, you know, how amazing Jurgen Klopp's run at Dortmund was. You know, he was the last person to break the the run of Byron's, um, you know, winning in the Bundesliga. He had two titles uh, at, at his reign in Dortmund. So, you know, what Klopp did there was was incredible.
0: Absolutely. And and I think that 1-0 win against Dortmund uh, a couple of weeks ago really sealed the deal. I think Bayern probably would have won the title regardless. But, you know, that really you know widened the gap between the sides and look you can't argue with it Bayern have by far the deepest squad in Germany and and possibly in the world uh maybe maybe Manchester City uh, could argue with that but either way uh especially without other teams having home field advantage uh Bayern's not gonna lose out on that title uh yeah. so
1: yeah. When you talk about deep squads, I mean, you have Ivan Paris that's just coming on as a sub. It's just like, it's just a, another just flex. Um, but yeah, I mean, Byron's, you know, transition, I think has been, you know, really good. I think last season or maybe even last fall, we were looking at this team and, and kind of questioning where they were at, uh, you know, had a really kind of an aging squad, wasn't sure how, um, you know, Thomas Muller was fitting in, um, you know, what are they going to do after the departures of Frank Ribery and, and Iron Robin? And, uh, you know, this season, you know, they, they have a new coach in the second half of the season. And, you know, they, they just win another title and they integrate youngsters like Alphonso Davies, Joshua Zirksi. Um So it's been really impressive to see them turn it around.
0: Exactly right. Thomas Muller is completely silenced. Anyone who, who you know, who's offering criticism. So well done, Thomas Muller. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Premier League resuming. We started off with a relatively boring Uh, tie between Sheffield United and Aston Villa nil-nil
1: Yeah, that was a little disappointing Um, But you know, there was a cool 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 couple of moments there, you know, especially at the beginning uh, where everyone took a knee I thought that was, uh, you know, really cool and and I didn't expect that so that was um, great to see but then the also also the other thing was, um, you know, the goal line technology failed Uh, You know, this is, uh, they use a Hawkeye system. I think it's something they use in tennis. And, you know, apparently this has never happened before, but some players were blocking the sensors inside the goal. So, you know, you could see in the camera, you know, it was off, um, I believe it was a corner or something like that. And Mm -hmm. someone headed it and, uh, you know, the, the Aston Villa keeper caught the ball. And he was shoved into his own net by his own player. Yeah. And you know, it was pretty obvious. You could see from the camera angle that he was in the net. But the goal line technology did not you know, function properly. So the referee you know, didn't get the alert on his watch.
0: It, it was crazy. I think it might have been Tyrone Mings, but I'm not sure. Either way, you had uh, you know, the keeper with the ball in his hands. Tyrone Mings essentially pressed against him. It was essentially a sandwich around the ball. And they, y- you've heard time and time again like over 9,000 matches uh, where... The goal line technology has not ever experienced anything like this but nonetheless we we have you know we have a first we have an exception here and it'll be interesting to see if and how they uh modify goal line technology or if this is something that you know you know they can't prevent i imagine they'll come up with a solution and and pretty soon but yeah uh, very interesting
1: goal line technology is like I think that's one of the biggest arguments for adding VAR was just how, you know, unambiguous and, um, you know, how well, you know, goal line technology usually works. So it was a little disappointing to see that happen. Um, But, you know, I think, you know, goal line technology regardless is, is something that the game really needs. Just, I mean, you can't have instances like this. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully they get that fixed soon.
0: Yeah. And then the other match yesterday was, uh, well, disappointed to say uh, a thrashing. Uh, Manchester City 3-0 against Arsenal uh, David Luiz headlining for, for the wrong reasons an absolute clown did not start the match I was talking to uh, to a friend of mine before I said you know we were talking about the lineups I said David Luiz cannot play this match because you know he's good in, in a lot of instances but a, t- a team like Manchester City I said he's going to concede a penalty and that wasn't his first error uh, he completely missed time to clearance but He then conceded a penalty and was sent off after being subbed on all within about 25 minutes of play, complete capitulation on Arsenal's part or on David Luiz's part on behalf of Arsenal. Very frustrating. Manchester City were class, but I just have a lot of emotions right now.
1: Yeah. I don't think you could write a a better script for David Luiz. (laughs) I mean, to get subbed on and then do all of that, uh, you know, that's just, I don't know if you can make anything better up than that. Um, but yeah, that was you know kind of classic Arsenal. I think we've seen, you know, not nothing too unexpected there. Unfortunately for you guys, you know, Man City, they just seem like Thanos in these instances. You know, you know Raheem Sterling missed that first chance, and but he wasn't going to make a mistake that second time. So, you know, and like you said, we talked about this. You know, just the depth of their squad. They bring in Aguero when they're already you know I think two 0 up. So just another flex there. But you know, yeah, more as more you know more as things change more you know, or, I don't want to say that. What, what do you say? More as, as things change. I don't know. You know that saying? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, you know, Arsenal, just, you know, they're, they're the same old Arsenal until we uh, see something different.
0: So, yeah. Before before we move on, I just want to get one more point. in exactly what you said, you know, same old Arsenal, the defense, the back line has been the issue for many years. The attack has is flourishing with, with different options. I'm so excited about how young and, and, Exciting the attack is, but the back line you have Mustafi, David Luiz, and Sokratis, who are all, you know, mocked for different reasons. Now, Mustafi, I, I believe he gets too much criticism nowadays. He, of course, he's made mistakes. He probably should move on, but he's, he's been completely fine since, since Arteta has taken over. And he didn't ha- he had a fine game yesterday as well. But not only was the defense struggling, but yesterday, Pablo Mari. Uh, you know, who started at centre-back, injured himself 20 minutes in, which brought on David Luiz. David Luiz was then red-carded, and then a minute later, Mustafi got hurt. Mustafi played on, but we're completely short on centre-backs. So William Saliba will be, uh, you know, will be much needed and much appreciated. And I honestly expect uh, Arsenal to spend big on possibly Opamikano this summer, I I would hope.
1: Yeah. And uh, I remember the saying, the saying is that, you know, the more things change, the more they say the same. So there we uh, go. Uh, uh, I don't know about attack flourishing, by the way. I mean, you guys scored zero goals yesterday. But
0: <laughs> yesterday, yesterday was a ma- So yeah, right, we get, we'll we talk later. We'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> this anyway. is uh, I have too much to say here. D- oh, all <laughs> right. You know what? Aubameyang, Lacazette, Pepe. Okay. Should, you know, big, big three. Nketia, Reese Nelson, Gabriel Martinelli, Bukaya Saka. That's that's promising to say the least.
1: Yeah, Niketia looked solid yesterday. I mean, he showed a couple moments, you know. Yeah, well, we'll
0: we're gonna be good. Don't worry. Anyway, let's talk about a better striker, Timo Werner. <laughs> uh, Timo Werner made his Chelsea move official yesterday, uh, or no, I'm sorry, today he made it official. Chelsea announced it. He sent out a video. Uh, I don't know if he speaks English, but it was in English, uh, <laughs> and he will not be finishing the Champions League season with Leipzig.
1: Yeah. So he's going to join in July after the Bundesliga season ends. Um, It's kind of interesting. Um, I have a feeling that a lot of Leipzig fans are not happy about, you know, him doing this, but they won't be there to boo him. So he has that on his side. Uh, But you know, what this means for Chelsea is, you know, they have a ton of options in attack, even more than they already had. And I think, you know, this, you know, William is probably going to leave, so I think this, you know, definitely helps. Um This is a good replacement for William, to say the least. Um, so yeah,
0: it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Lampard decides to line up his really young attack and and really talented attack. He, he could make a formation change, play a two striker system, maybe have uh, you know, Werner alongside Tammy Abraham. Chelsea, Chelsea are also a team who should be excited about their prospects moving forward today, you know?
1: Yeah, I would love to see a two-striker system. I think that's where, you know, Werner plays left, or Werner plays best is as, in a, in a partnership there, you know, he was, I think he was with Patrick Chick a lot um, at Leipzig, and just kind of playing in that, um, you know, second striker role is something that I could really see him doing well at, at Chelsea. But, you know, you can stick him on the wing also, so, you know, a lot of options, a lot of versatility for, for Chelsea. Absolutely, and uh, I guess you know. How do you think this impacts Chelsea? You know, do you think does this move them into title contention? Does this make sure that they solidify? You know, does that this solidify? You know, Champions League for the next season? Where do you see this? You know, impacting them.
0: So, so, yeah, I, I think Chelsea will undoubtedly be better next season than they were this season because of how many young players became staples in the side. They'll have had this season to sort of, you know try things out, to gel, Um, and I imagine the only major change in the lineup in the squad will be Timo Werner, who may just be a direct replacement for either Willian or Pedro. Um, If Chelsea do qualify for the Champions League, I think it would be perfect if they drew Leipzig in the group, but (laughs) yeah, that would would be fun. Poetic justice. I think Chelsea are in a great position. I think that you know like, like I said they have a lot to be excited about and uh while liverpool and and, and manchester city ha- have been you know on top of the league for a number of years for like 2 or 3 years now chelsea could start to break into that uh at, le- at least they have the best chance compared to the other top 6 in my opinion
1: yeah i think 5 years from now you know they're going to be the best team in the league um mm-hmm. But you know that's a little ways off. But you know, I think that, that about uh, you know wraps up our episode today. So you know, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, thank you to Yoab uh, Derrickson for joining us on the podcast. Uh, you know, we had a great interview there. And uh, yeah, so you can um, you know subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts, um, follow us on on Spotify. You can check out our Twitter account at um, Fluid Footy Pod, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.
2: On and you got two men, do just be in
1: him they wearing Gucci So ain't Gucci Because you know me I'll drinking to say